It brings a whole new way of experiencing golf. We have people tell us number one absolutely every time when they come off a golf course after their first round, the two things they say are, that was a lot easier than I ever imagined and it's the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. What started as a cool idea envisioned by a couple of golf-loving surfers has matured into a multi-product business venture that is poised to reinvent how players get around the golf course. Golf Board President Jeff Dowell spends time with us to explain how their company culture embraces curiosity, tenacity, and listening to their customers, which allows them to innovate quickly and create disruptive products that people want. Pardon the bad English here, but it's funner and faster to play <laughs> golf on a golf board. And those two things are extremely important to today's golfer. Welcome everyone to the Mod Golf Podcast, where we speak with golf's top influencers, entrepreneurs, innovators, and disruptors about their vision to reimagine, transform, and grow the game. I'm your host, Colin Weston, and today I have the pleasure of speaking with Golf Board President Jeff Dowell. Hi, Jeff. Thanks for joining me today on the Mod Golf Podcast. Good morning, Colin. It's a pleasure to be here talking golf and innovation and talking golf board. That's what we like to do here. So, Jeff, your tagline for Golf Board is Surf the Earth, which nicely encapsulates what your product does. So, to get us started, please tell us a bit about yourself. And let's start with the basics here by telling our listeners what Golf Board is. Well, I'll give you a tiny bit of background on myself first, then I'll talk a little bit more about what the product is and how it evolved. I grew up around golf as a kid in Oregon and picked range balls with shag bags back in the early 70s and worked in the pro shop and the cart barn and the usual stuff. Played some Division I college at Indiana State College Golf. And then I had the good fortune of spending three years as an assistant pro under Craig Harmon at Rochester, New York at Oak Hill Country Club in the early 80s. Got out of golf in 84 when I took a position in a technology startup in upstate New York. And that really kind of turned out to be the, the first of five entrepreneurial and intrapreneurial technology ventures that I did over the next 30 years or so. And, and in 2014, joined Golf Board. And Golf Board is a single-person transportation alternative to a golf cart. It's purpose-built, designed specifically for the golf course environment. It's kind of a cross between a large skateboard and an electric scooter. It carries your clubs and your accessories, much like a golf cart does. Its direction, if you will, is controlled by holding onto a stability bar and leaning to the right or to the left to steer it. And its speed's controlled by a thumb throttle accelerator and decelerator, which is integrated right into the stability bar. So as I like to say, it's the most fun you can legally have on a golf course. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. So to help people better visualize your product, and of course, we will give them a chance to see through video and some other links and your website later on in the show notes to see what a golf board looks like. Can you give us some, some of the specs? I know you mentioned a few of them before, but things like top speed and the dimensions and talk about the tires and the braking and the user interface for controlling it a bit more. Sure. So a golf board looks a lot like kind of a longboard skateboard, except that it has a stability bar that the user holds onto that I just mentioned a moment ago. The deck that the golfer stands on is about uh, five feet long and a couple of feet wide. Top speed for the product is about 10 miles an hour. We do have a sport board configuration for individual buyers. It can go up to 12 and a half miles an hour. It's driven by both a front and a rear motor, controlled by a computerized motor controller, and driven by a lithium-ion battery, which sits below the deck that the user stands on. And really, the braking and the accelerating are both controlled by depressing or letting off of the integrated thumb throttle on the stability bar. And all in all, it's a, it's a very intuitive and stable and safe experience for the rider. And I can certainly attest to that since I've had the pleasure of riding a golf board. The first time is when I first met you guys at the 2014 PGA Merchandise Show. And you guys were by far the most innovative product there that week. So was that show three years ago the formal launch of Golf Board? And, and was that the pivotal moment for launching the business? 
Yeah, it really was. A couple of years of development took place prior to that, but it was launched at the, at the 2014 show. We've attended every show since then, with the 2017 show this year actually being our fourth consecutive one of doing both the show and the demo day. And we've literally introduced thousands and thousands of people to the product through that venue. So Jeff, I'd love to hear the golf board origin story. Who first came up with the idea, when that was, and the team that designed, built, and tested the prototypes. So please tell us a bit about the startup journey that took golf board from being a cool idea to becoming a multi-product company that it is today. So a gentleman named Don Wildman out of Malibu, California, had the original idea. Don is a pretty famous fitness guru, triathlete, extreme sports guy, and a surfer and a golfer to boot. And about seven years ago, he started playing around with electric skateboards and modifying them to be used on a golf course instead of on a sidewalk. Bigger, softer tires, motors that had much more torque and and much less speed and were designed to be on hilly topography with a little bit less speed and a lot more capability to go up and down hills and a stability bar that holds onto your clubs and makes it a lot easier for the masses to ride the product. And after tinkering along on his own for a while, he engaged a good friend of his, Laird Hamilton, uh, a world-renowned big wave surfer. And Don, Laird, and a couple of other surfer friends and technology and design guys started iterating through the various versions of what ultimately became the first golf board. Uh, which were shown at the 2014 PGA show. And, and we've come a long way since then from a design and a product features and capabilities standpoint. So I read this quote that states, riding the golf board turns the sometimes mentally excruciating time between shots into an involuntary meditation. You're more present in your surroundings, which makes you a better golfer. So do you have data that shows a correlation between riding a golf board leads to producing lower scores and faster rounds? We do have a data from a study that was done in the UK. Uh, a magazine in the UK put the same three individuals into a series of tests where each one did each of walking, riding a golf cart, and riding a golf board. And ironically, the golf cart ended up being slower than walking and slower than golf boarding. Uh, and golf boarding was a little bit faster than walking. So we've got some pretty objective data around that particular use case. As for the part about, you know, making you a a better golfer, I I would have to say, in all honesty, that's a little bit more anecdotal than it is causal. What I can tell you, however, from direct experiences and from talking to thousands of golf board riders over the last four years, riding a golf board requires that the golfer be a lot more engaged, both physically and mentally, in the activity that they're doing, uh, as opposed to what they might normally be when they're simply walking or riding in a cart, where the mind is free to kind of wander back and forth, not just from the shot that they just may have hit or to the upcoming shot, but to what went on at work earlier that day, etc. But when you're on a golf board, you're very focused. And it's not just with your mind, it's with your body as well, where you're leaning and you're, you're interacting and anticipating the terrain that you're on and that you're coming up to, kind of enjoying effortless movement. And as such, you tend to arrive at your next shot with a much fresher and clearer mind. And some golfers absolutely claim that they play better better as a result of that engagement and that experience between the shots as opposed to the other alternatives. Right. And I have not had a chance yet to play a full round on a golf board. I certainly have at the PGA show at the the demo day that they always have before the show to ride it around quite a bit. And you certainly have to focus. And just that feeling, that engagement that you actually have is really great. And I have a lot of friends that are motorcycle riders. I'm not one myself, but they talk about a similar experience that you mentioned there as far as that engagement and that connectivity that you actually have on a motorcycle as compared to in a car. And I imagine that's a similar experience having a golf board when you're on the golf course. 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You don't really realize it until you're out there. It's kind of one thing to do what we call a demo, uh, where you hop on the board and you just ride it around, whether it's a parking lot or the corner of the driving range or whatever. That's a complete immersion in you know the experience of riding itself, which is pretty different. That's sort of what we call act one of, of the engagement process and the process of getting somebody excited and wanting golf boards. And the real experience takes place when you get out and actually play golf on it, because the moment you're on the course, you're engaged in thinking about your shots and all of that type of thing. And suddenly you have to mix these two worlds, one of which you're intimately familiar with as a golfer, which is the, the act of playing golf. And yet there's this new element that comes in that kind of changes both the degree of fun, the degree of engagement, and both the mental and the physicality of it. And it brings a whole new way of experiencing golf. We have people tell us number one, absolutely every time when they come off a golf course after their first round, the two things they say are, that was a lot easier than I ever imagined. And it's the most fun I've ever had on a golf course. Well, that's interesting because some of the reoccurring themes we're hearing on the Mod Golf podcast to grow the game and to increase the number of people that are playing and exposed to the game and engaged with the game is fun and is engagement. It is inclusivity here. And it sounds like, well, I know you guys are are creating yet another piece to that puzzle to help engage people and make the experience connect more with a modern lifestyle. So uh, the first time I saw your product almost four years ago, I knew you guys were were certainly on to something there. So with that, Jeff, I'm, I'm interested in the customer feedback that you've received, kind of the age and gender profiles of your riders, and specifically, what do women think of the golf board? You know, we actually find that the common thread, and this was a surprise to us, we actually find the common thread amongst all golf boarders is not really one of age or gender so much as of lifestyle, and, and specifically those individuals who enjoy and pursue, if you will, an active lifestyle. So people of all ages and genders who typically go for walks and ride bikes, and, and maybe they play tennis or they paddleboard or something like that, and, and those are the ones who are golfers are most attracted to golf boarding. Obviously, you know, the 18 to 45 year olds typically have a pretty active lifestyle by stage of life definition, for lack of a better term. So they make up a good chunk of our user base, but much to our surprise, almost as big a percentage of our users are 50 plus males and females who are looking for a more active, engaging way to play golf. To them and to much of the industry, which is part of where we think we fill a basic void, pardon the bad English here, but it's funner and faster to play (laughs) golf on a golf board. And those two things are extremely important to today's golfer, where time compression continues to demand more and more of us within our waking hours. And we typically here at Tethero, the kind of the genesis for the golf board from a commercialization perspective here in Bend, Oregon, we typically have a group of golf boarders who will go out in the early morning and the late evening, and four of them will play 18 holes of golf in two and a half to three hours on golf boards. And that's very, very different than the five to six hour weekend warrior routine that less and less of us have time to do. Absolutely. And that time compression, the way you put that is a great phrase because we've seen that through talking to people at Top Golf, other events that are going on, whether it's with the European tour when we were speaking with the CEO Keith Pelly and the time compression there of different experiments and events that they're creating to do just that, not only on the viewership and fan and patron side, but also on the participation side. It sounds like that's a reoccurring theme also, this compression of the time that it takes to enjoy that sport, whether it's recreationally, professionally, or as a fan. So once again, you guys are certainly on the right track with that. 
So how does your marketing team overcome the perception of people who view golf board as a gimmick or worse, some people that may think it's ridiculous? Or do you not really worry about that, what the stodgy traditionalists think because they're not part of your target market you alluded to earlier in your comment? You know, early on, we were viewed as leading edge by the industry, for lack of a better term, and that has changed and evolved every year. I'll use the example of what we've experienced at the PGA show each of the four years that we've been there to describe the market awareness and adoption curve for the golf board. Year one was very simply, what the heck is that thing? Right. what is it? You know, year two was, okay, well, not on my golf course. People are going to hurt themselves on that crazy thing. Year three was, okay, I can see it's a lot safer than I ever expected. And so I'm comforted by that. I'm starting to see it everywhere else. And, and this past year it was, all right, I'm seeing this everywhere, up the street, down the street. My members are asking for them. How do I get started? That level of being there for four years, continuing to improve the product, helping people to understand it's actually a very safe and very fun golfing experience. That's really been a very rewarding and satisfying journey. And we still think that there's a long ways to go on all fronts of what we believe Golf Board brings to the game. And it sounds like you've been in the startup and entrepreneurial game for some time, just like I've been involved also. And one of the most difficult things with your product, no matter how awesome it is, is not only customer validation, but also customer acquisition. So it sounds like over that three, four year journey, you've slowly managed to increase that over time. But how have you found with your marketing? How do you guys go about getting the word out there? And where do you focus on? And what insights do you have of what areas do you not go after realizing that uh, you need to focus your, your resources in certain areas? Uh, I would say some of the biggest user insights we were just talking about were actually the discovery that the product appeals to much more than just a younger golfer. That was a big thing for us, and it helped us, especially at the early adopters on a broader market scale case, as was the recognition through mostly trial and error and iteration and a lot of time, money, and focus that producing a product that can stand up to the day-to-day rigors of the rental environment on the golf course and, and make it easy to ride and durable and safe and stable and all that so that it can, in fact, appeal to the masses. That turned out to be something that is it's not just, okay, we got the product, now let's expand to other markets. It's an every day, every month, every year thing to continually gather and incorporate market feedback about the product, the feature sets that customers want, the things that they like and don't like. Our greatest skill, if you will, can be to gather that information, incorporate it, and iterate it into product development and product design as quickly as we can, just because there's no more valuable information for your market and your marketing and product development efforts than what the market is telling you about your product. Absolutely. And on that note of what the market is telling you, as far as validation, competition is not a bad thing. And I see there is a uh, competitor now with Golf Skate Caddy. So I know on the investment side, especially with what we work in in the entrepreneurial space, investors are looking for that. They actually think if you're the only ones out there, that it's a risky proposition. Why hasn't anybody else come up with that? So can you comment on that a bit? Is this one of these cases that a rising tide lifts all boats? And uh, I'm sure there's tons of space for not only yourself, but also other competitors. So I'm assuming that would be a good thing of having competition out there in the marketplace for you. 
Yeah, it is. And it is very important, as you just mentioned, to investment partnerships and investment rounds as well. And yes, there are other companies that are doing a number of different, taking a number of approaches to solving this. How do we make golf faster and more fun, specifically if we were to take the the path of a personal transportation device? Uh, Golf Skate Caddy is one of them. There are others that are starting to pop up in Europe. But really, we are comfortable with knowing how difficult it is to build a reliable, safe, rugged product. We know the millions of dollars literally it has taken us to learn the lessons the hard way. And one of our biggest goals on a daily basis is to keep pushing and driving on that product innovation to stay ahead of the competition. Because as we continue to validate and grow the market, the competition is only going to get greater. Right. And I'm sure you also understand the market quite well, too, and needing to pivot over the last couple of years. So if I understand this correctly, when I first met you guys in 2014, you were focusing mainly on sales and also leasing golf boards to individuals. The partnerships at golf course is something you were just starting up. And I realize now, from what I understand, you have a partnership with Billy Casper Golf and the golf courses that they have. Perhaps you can tell us a bit about the the relationship you have with them and other ambassadors and, and partnerships that you have that help propel you forward here with golf board. Yeah, we found we found some tremendous both positive brand association as well as mutual leverage with many of the top golf course management companies or golf management companies such as Billy Casper Golf and Troon and others. And we absolutely believe that the key to continuing, you know, kind of getting across the early adopter phase and into the early majority phase and and Jeffrey Moore crossing the chasm speak is to get the big course management firms aligned with and in involved with having golf boards at their facilities. And it's a long-term, it's a slower business development play as opposed to just go do a demo at one course and, and make a sale, if you will. There's a lot of executive level discussions. There's a lot of co-marketing pieces of the puzzle when you're working with course management companies like that. Our key and our belief is that we have to do all of those things from the grassroots marketing and sales efforts all the way up to the major course management firm and being able to talk with them, listen to what it is that they need. All golf course management companies are not alike. Some own golf courses, some manage golf courses, some are a combination of both of those. And the value proposition and what golf board needs to do for them and to be to them to be successful varies. So we've learned that uh, over the last few years. We've got a growing group of partners that we're very excited about having and, and believe that they particularly are going to help to drive the larger scale adoption from the top down in combination with the grassroots bottom-up approach. And my understanding is about 15,000 golf courses in the U.S. And I, on your website, I see that currently golf boards are at about 250 courses. Maybe that's worldwide. So it sounds like you guys on that adoption curve are still in that early stage. You're not quite into the or the early adoption stage there. And tons of opportunity for growth. You're just scratching the surface here. So with that, where do you see the opportunities for growth? And what is your strategy for capturing a larger customer base over the next couple of years? Well, we think there's a couple of different components to that. The, the sales penetration into the domestic market, the U.S. market, is critical. We just talked a moment ago about how that happens both from the bottom up and the top down. Uh, in addition, we've got a very active international expansion program going on. Sales are looking this year like we could as much as triple last year's sales on the international front. We're getting pockets of interest throughout the world that are innovative early adopter areas that play lots of golf where we're starting to see outstanding engagement and and 
activities around the golf board and the international distributorships continue to grow. And we're really trying to take advantage of what we see as far more of a situation of competition as opposed to competition. And that is of the opportunity to really create situations at clubs where both golf carts and golf boards can peacefully coexist in the same fleet of offerings for the customers and customers being the golfers who want to have other options than just walking or taking a cart. And we realize that uh, golf boards are never going to replace golf carts, nor should they, but we do feel that they're a very important offering to the overall market and that the course fleet of the future is going to be a mixture of both. Well, that, that's very, very insightful there on the on the traction that you are getting. And on that note of traction, I'm curious if you can give us some numbers here, if you have this data, the number of golf boards that you're going to manufacture this year, and how does that compare to 2015 and 2016 just as you scale the business up? Yeah, so in, in round numbers, I think if memory serves me correctly, we manufactured and shipped about 400 boards in 2015, I think 800-ish in 16. We hope and believe that we can double that number this year in 2017. Interesting. And, and what are you finding right now if you sliced up the pie? How would that look as far as the percentage of people that are buying them outright, the people that are leasing them privately, and the percentage that you're getting into golf courses and having them use them? Well, we know that probably 80% of the golf courses lease their golf boards. It's much like the same model, obviously, it's a golf cart. And the more that we can look like a golf cart purchase or acquisition uh, lease to the courses, the better, because that's the way they're used to doing business. And if we can adapt to doing business that way and looking like a golf cart transaction, then it helps us and, and it helps the club. So that's a big one. I would say that probably at least 95, somewhere between 95 and 98% of our sales are to courses as opposed to individual buyers. There are some individual buyers around who just want to have their own golf board and, and they use it to ride around the neighborhood. They use it to play on their golf course, you name it. But clearly the majority of the business is B2B golf course sales and it is, it is done predominantly through leasing as opposed to outright purchase. Right. And it seems like that is the, the real market opportunity for you here on those 15,000 plus golf courses that are out there. So with this, one thing I, I really find interesting with what you've created, even over the last four years, what I've seen that you're, you guys just don't stand still. There's this culture of constant innovation within Golf Borg. I'd like you to speak a bit about that and your finding product market fit and knowing when to pivot with what you're creating. And the other thing that I just realized you guys are putting out there, I just stumbled across it a, a week or so ago, is now you have something called the Resort Board. So you're looking to expand past the golf market and into lifestyle, which sounds like a huge opportunity. So you can tell us... Uh, a bit about those things? Sure. So you're right. We have been touching a lot the last 10 minutes or so about innovation and the critical part that it plays in a venture like this and really identifying some of the product features and the capabilities that the market wants the most direct and the most important way, as opposed to us believing we can sit in an ivory tower and, and think up all the things that the market needs or wants. That's huge, and that's a mantra that I try to, to preach here internally is it doesn't matter near so much what we want or think. It matters a lot more what the customer in the market wants or thinks. So ask questions, listen, and give us a feedback, and we'll adapt and adopt from there. Obviously, finding adjacent markets where the same core product can be tweaked at the design level to work very well is an obvious next step, and the resort board that you just mentioned is just that. 
there are hundreds, perhaps thousands of what I'll loosely call destination resorts of various types, some with golf courses and, and many without. And they have miles and miles of bike paths or walking trails, be they paved or packed dirt, where the activity of just getting out and moving and riding and being a part of the environment is important. It's, it's kind of like having rental bikes at a, at a resort. We see a tremendous opportunity. And so far, the feedback has been very positive in, in early market testing, etc. for exactly that. Something where if you're going to a resort for a week, you may choose to go on a guided tour one night a week that touches on all the beautiful spots that are chauffeured by a, a tour guide. And you may also choose to say, hey, I want to, I'm just going to rent a golf board or a resort board in this case for my family. And we're going to park it next to the car in the garage. And when we want to run around the resort, we may choose to do so on the resort board and make a fun trip out of it or grab the car if it's a longer journey off-site. We think there's great opportunities for adjacent markets. Uh, we are just beginning to play around with the product development curve on something we also call a beach board, which is really okay. designed to be able to ride on the beaches and have fun out there, literally surfing on land as opposed to surfing on the water. So lots of adjacencies, lots of opportunity. And we believe that there's still a tremendous upside to the golf market, but we also see adjacencies that if we don't jump at them now, somebody else is going to. Seems like it's a natural progression for you guys with what you do, because I know that the golf board is an extremely rugged piece of hardware, and it would have to be. Otherwise, I'm sure if, if you got these things sent back to you on a weekly basis, you uh, you guys would go bankrupt in a, in, a, in a hurry there with, with all of your dissatisfied customers and repair claims there. I guess one of the things I find interesting, or one of the questions I wanted to ask too, with the resort board, as a business, did you first get out in the market there as customer discovery and go talk to some resorts to see if they're was a potential market or you just base this on an assumption and a gut feel and, and feel that you were going to design the resort board first and then go after the market or did you approach it the other way around and, and talk to the market first to see if there was an actual demand for it? Yeah, it was, it was 95% market-driven, kind of two different channels of feedback, both end-user back to us. One from resorts that would reach out to us and say, hey, we'd like to have these. We'd like to consider a product like the golf board, but it's got to have baskets to hold things as opposed to golf bag holders on the on the stability bar, etc. So we got a little bit of, of knowledge there. And then, quite honestly, a, a significant portion came from doing demos at destination resort venues that had golf courses and having other people attend from the organization that might run the rental bike business or might run the entertainment, customer entertainment or whatever sections and say, hey, wait a minute, we do walking tours or we do bike tours throughout the year at our venue and what better way than to get active lifestyle folks who want to travel a greater distance and, and see more of the trails and more of the views, et cetera, at our resort than something like this. We'd be interested if you built a product. So we're now in the process of just just having gone back to those folks and starting to get very good uptake from some of those early adopters and early innovators to say, hey, do we have the product right? We think we put the feature set together. We know we've made the ruggedization and the safety as good or better than what we have in the golf boards. What do you think? And, and so far, the feedback has been very, very good. And we're expecting to do a pretty good first year business in, in the resort board this year in 2017. So I want to go back a few years before 2014 when I met you guys first at the PGA show there. 
So I know that Golf Board is primarily a hardware play, which is capital and resource intensive to develop and to bring to market. So I see that Golf Board held a Kickstarter campaign way back in August 2013, where you guys managed to exceed your $100,000 goal by about five grand there. So as a startup back in the day, how does Golf Board manage to scale up from that Kickstarter campaign to where you guys are today? So are you relying on private investment? Do you have some debt financing? Or you solely rely on the revenues and sales and lease agreements that you have? Or is it some kind of a hybrid combination of those? three? Uh, it is a hybrid combination. You're right. The initial Kickstarter program was exactly as you've described it, where very, very early adopters and, and visionary types contributed to the campaign. That was followed and, and the success from that was followed by a round of friends and family and family network individuals that got us to the next round or the next level. Uh, and then recently, we, uh, we have had a couple of rounds of equity crowdfunding raises which are a completely new medium and very exciting way to raise money. And they've been very successful for us. And I think the opportunity to go from where we are and continue to use that funding to develop the product and the market and the adjacencies beyond golf, that's where we really see the rounds of support and equity investment and some debt investment, et cetera. All of those aggregate to create along with positive cash flow from the business itself to let us drive, innovate, grow, pour money into R&D, pour money into customer support, all the things that you have to do to have a successful, well-rounded business that's more than just the product. And right now with Golf Board, the size of the organization, the company, how many staff do you currently have? We've got about 15 full-time people that serve as the core of the organization. And then we have about 60 independent sales reps who work for us around the country, territory managers, if you will, located in pretty much all the major metro areas. And then we've got a small team that runs international as well. So we're trying to balance the need for expansion, the need for additional resources and all the rest of it with obviously the, the constant vigilance around cash flow and orders and all of that stuff. That's that's the daily juggle. Yes. And your headquarters is based in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Is that correct? We are in beautiful Bend, Oregon. Yes. We just moved into brand new offices at the Tethero Resort here, where a great deal of the early product testing and the adoption Tethero has about uh, almost 40 golf boards now that integrate with their fleet of golf carts. And it's a very active lifestyle type area, the Central Oregon region in general. And many other resorts and golf courses here have also signed on, which has been wonderful. One of the biggest concentrations, I think, of golf courses anywhere in the world is here in, in the state of Oregon. So that's been both rewarding and satisfying, as well as uh, something that we can point to as, as the beginning point. And I've been to Bend a few times to spend some time there, and it is a wonderful place. It really is. And yes, it has that deeply ingrained culture of that active lifestyle, which seems to align very nicely with the culture that you have developing there with Golf Board. So before I let you go here, Jeff, so what are the next steps and goals and future vision for Golf Board in 2018 and, and beyond? You've touched on this a little bit, but I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, I guess I could probably best summarize it by saying that we still think there's a tremendous opportunity in golf for the growth in golf, both domestically and internationally. And we are pursuing that with a vengeance right now. The expansion into those adjacent markets I mentioned from the resort board to the beach board to really the, the one that we feel is a, a multi-billion dollar market, which is the personal transportation market. The ability to create a product that can be ridden on the bicycle paths and the trails and the, the areas around a town or around 
around a community where an electric device like ours, a mobile transportation device like ours, can be expanded to far beyond just the world of golf and the world of resorts and beaches to become a potential segment of. It would never necessarily take over the whole space, but to become an important offering within the personal transportation device and, and market. And that's where we really see a huge opportunity to grow the company and to grow the brand. Yes. And one other layer there is emerging trends is you guys are aligning yourselves very nicely with the sharing economy there by leasing these out or just even renting them by the hour there. That is certainly uh, the way that uh, especially younger people like to experience things, whether it's grabbing an Uber or uh, in this case here, grabbing a golf board. You got it. That's exactly the idea. Yep. So uh, before I let you go here, Jeff, where can our listeners go to learn more about Golf Board and for individuals where they can find out where a course is near them that they can rent one for a round? And we also have some listeners that I know of that do own golf courses. So even for them, if they're now curious about getting a fleet of golf boards into their golf course. Yeah, so uh, probably the, the two biggest areas would be the website, www.golfboard.com. No spaces, no caps, just golfboard.com. As well as our variety of social media outlets such as, as Facebook or Instagram or Twitter. If you go to any of those and just type in the word golfboard, the sites and the areas will come up immediately. And we continue to be amazed. This has been a product, as you mentioned earlier, and I started talking about a little bit in, during the introduction. This is my fifth startup, and I've never been involved and never seen an opportunity in the startups that I was involved in that had such tremendous market pull and, and customer pull. The amount of PR and the amount of social media coverage that we get just because the appeal and the fun and the positive experience that first-time riders and, and long-time riders have around the product tend to make it a very evangelical, right? Not might not be the right word, but certainly a very market demand-driven and market awareness driven opportunity that generates huge amounts of PR and therefore huge amounts of business on a very low advertising budget. So Jeff, all those links you just mentioned, I will include those in the show notes for our listeners here so they can learn more about Golf Board and they can see some of the great visuals and video. So I know on YouTube, you've got a lot of good stuff there also. So we will include that in the show notes, as I mentioned there. So Jeff, I have to say, Golf Board is one of those companies and what you guys are doing is the inspiration and the reason that we created the Mod Golf podcast in the first place is to tell these awesome stories of people that have the courage to go out there and create something new and create something to grow the game of golf and I know you guys have the passion for golf you're doing it because you love the game of golf and I've seen that firsthand talking to uh, to Luke and a few others there on your team there and on multiple occasions so congratulations of where you are now it's exciting to see where you're going to be going in the next couple of years and thank you so much for being my guest on the Mod Golf Podcast today. Colin, thank you. It's been a pleasure and we too appreciate all the work that you do to raise awareness and to bring companies and offerings like ours out to the marketplace and show your support. So very much appreciated. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. The pleasure is mine. Well, Jeff, thank you very much and I look forward to talking to you again very soon. Have a great day. Very good. You too. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Golf Board President Jeff Dowell. To learn more about Golf Board and their newest product, Resort Board, go to our website, modgolf.fireside.fm where I've posted links and additional content in the show notes. Please join me next week when I speak with Jeff Monday, the organizer of the Myrtle Beach World Amateur, which is the world's largest golf tournament with over 3,000 competitors. The quality of the experience, the quality of the golf courses, and that's what Myrtle Beach really brings. We'll talk about the quantity all the time, but really, truly, if the courses weren't worth playing, that wouldn't matter. And so we're very happy with the inventory that we have and the quality of that inventory, and we love showcasing it through our events. 
I'm your host, Colin Weston. You can reach us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Mod Golf Podcast. Subscribe to the Mod Golf Podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, please rate and comment on the show. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Mod Golf Podcast. I'll see you next week.